Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson and I'm the founder of Stack, the service that searches out the best independent magazines and delivers them to thousands of readers around the world every month. This week I'm speaking with Aaron Beebe, founder and art director of Plastic Comb, a magazine that champions collage, comics, fine art and loads more all of it unified by a very particular lowbrow kind of pop aesthetic. In our conversation, I ask him whether this is a sort of an anti-art magazine, and actually that doesn't hit the spot, but there's something raw and rough and experimental about Plastic Comb that I found really interesting. And Aaron's very open about the fact that neither he nor his co-founder Thomas Shostock are trained graphic designers. So I'm sure that has something to do with it, but there's more to it than that too. They're deliberately putting together pages that break out of the orderly grids of contemporary magazine design. And they're instead responding to the artwork to create something that itself becomes a piece of art. They also have a completely crazy way of working together that involves being thousands of miles apart, but having no Zoom calls and instead posting weird pictures to each other. You will hear lots more about that. Um, but if you want to see this totally unique magazine for yourself, uh, head over to stackmagazines.com forward slash shop and pick one up there. Um, I'm afraid we're sold out of issue one now, but as I record this, there are still copies of issue two available. Um, so I hope that you uh, go and check that out. But first, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Aaron from Plastic Comb. Aaron, thank you so much for making the time to talk. Thanks for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here. I'm excited. So you are the man behind Plastic Comb magazine, um, which, I mean, I really like the story that you tell about this in your editor's letter for the first issue. So maybe we could kind of go back over that as a bit of an introduction. That What was the kind of chronology in you deciding to make this magazine? Right, right mm-hmm. after that mm-hmm. time frame, 
I was like, hey, this would be kind of a good good time to work on a couple of projects that I had. And, and first off, I did this this book, this collage analog collage book called Think Two, and it, it, it I did I put out this call and in, in for these analog collage artists, and I had a lot of good submissions and. So what, what happened was, you know, I received the art and, I, and one day I was just kind of sitting there and th- th- this was like really the beginning of COVID, about March. And I was like, oh, you know, I had this idea where I would look at the artwork and then I would kind of take bits and pieces of that and, and use the artist's name and the title of the work and the page number and kind of make it dance with the art itself in, in the typography and little bits of graphic elements. So when it came to actually publishing that book, I had the, I like the light bulb went on and I was like, Oh, like I could work on this magazine concept that I had that incorporated art and, and graphic design. And so the, the premise of the magazine itself was based off of that book. Mm-hmm. So, as you can see, you know, plastic comb, what, what we're trying to do is like when we have the artwork, it kind of, and, and then you have the editorial design that kind of plays with that, then the whole magazine itself becomes a piece of art. Sure, sure, sure. And the, so in the first issue there, there was a lot of collage um, work in there. For the second issue, it, what, I mean, the, you've moved away from that. The, there's more... I guess kind of comics. Uh, there's more fine art in there. The like, what was your uh, thinking in terms of the content going into this magazine? Were you, were you deliberately thinking the first issue? I really want to play with collage, and then we'll move on, or was it a more kind of uh, organic process? So I'm traditionally a collage artist, so that's kind of my thing. So. The, the, the collage community is so, is so great. Like it's so, we're so open and we're to collaborating with each other. So I already kind of built this network between like starting collage and around 2013 until now of working with all these great artists and collaborating because that they are such an open group to be like, okay, yeah, let's collaborate on a couple of pieces. So I kind of built that collage network and I, and I felt comfortable like f- with that first issue to kind of like reach out to these, you know, these, these folks to say, Hey, are you interested in doing this project? And every one of them were, were just simply like open to it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it sounds great. So that first issue, it was kind of more based off collage, but I kind of want, I still kind of wanted to like extend out to more of the fine arts because I'd like to make this magazine kind of more for for the art world in general and and design as well. So going into the second issue, I was kind of like, you know, getting more away from collage and, and opening up to other types of mediums mm-hmm. because I am interested in so many different things like painting, photography. So that, that first issue was, yeah, definitely collage-based. And, and a lot of collage artists were very excited. They were like, oh, you know, you're here, because there aren't many collage-centered publications out there. So they were, like, very excited about it. Like, oh, is this going to be solely collage? And I'm like, oh, that's not really my intent. <laughs> like, yeah, so I, I kind of wanted to open it up because 
feel like the concept itself is going to be more open to that, more organically open to, hey, now I can reach out to all different kinds of mediums. And, you know, and, and I feel like one day it'll kind of reach that, right? Right now I feel like it's kind of like in a small network of still like my collage community. And then there's a little bit of reaching out to like, know fine arts or painting or what have you but i think overall the publication is going to go towards opening up to to all different genres of art sure sure and and i mean like so while you have you've already expanded the the genres from issue one to two there is still quite a a strong i guess kind of sensibility to the work that's in there it's all it's all quite kind of uh, lowbrow, quite kind of poppy, and it strikes me that you tend to position yourself as a bit of an outsider in all of this as well. I wonder if that kind of uh, I, is this the sort of anti-art magazine, anti-design magazine. Um, I don't know if I, could, I would re- necessarily call it that, but I, I feel it's a lot more experimental, right? And mm-hmm. it's. So it's, we're very open to all types of design. So it's more led by whatever the artwork is. So, you know, you kind of take that and kind of marry it over into the editorial design, which kind of gives you, in some essence, you're kind of locked to the art, but then also there's the freedom, right? There's the freedom of not necessarily working within the grid construct, mm-hmm. right? So my co-founder, Thomas, he, you know, we're, both of us are not necessarily formally trained in design or graphic design. So it's kind of like doing our own thing. So, you know, we've had many people kind of like reach out to us and be like, hey, you know, what, what are you doing is great. And, and it's not necessarily anything new, right? But it, it just, the, I think the whole thing about collaborating and, and that kind of construct opens to more like design freedom if that makes sense yeah 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 well and i guess i i suppose kind of the point of the design that you're using and you like so you you mentioned reagan um earlier uh, and you just talking about you know sort of not designing within grids i mean the whole point of that is this is magazine design that is harking back to a kind of like you know pre-indesign day when pages were literally physically constructed differently that are you still are you actually making these on computers or are you are you kind of like pasting stuff up and and making the pages that way it's totally all kind of digital for now because it it just tends to work easier in in the construct that we have right so thomas is you know three thousand miles away in germany so you know as far as the digital aspects that makes things a lot more convenient, mm-hmm. but there are little bits here and there, like within some of the editorial design that we do physically kind of use analog paper and make scans and add them into the, the composition. So there is that little bit of analog to it, but for the most part it is digital because, you know, obviously it's a lot easier in this day and time, but I always felt like there are, there's always something again, like the, like a magazine itself. Like we made sure that, you know, when we first did this publication that we wouldn't 
but it be digital, right? So like some some magazines, you know, you can either have the option of it being digital or or analog, and we're like we have to like make it strictly analog. And so so go on. And so I mean, I guess that really ties in with what you were talking about at the start in terms of. Like again, thinking back to a time when you'd pick up ray gun in a shop and and like hold the the physical object, but then I'm wondering like what else does that allow you to do? I mean, because obviously, you know, the process of printing something is relatively difficult, relatively expensive. It's relatively hard to put that in front of a wide audience of people who are going to see it compared to putting it on like Instagram where it can be seen by thousands of people really quickly well, like what makes you want to go for prints over these like quicker easier digital options and i feel like you know especially in these times everybody loves to get mail right so even though not necessarily like bookstores are are open right now i mean some are you know coming or slightly opening now due to COVID, but it looks like there might be like some more restrictions going backwards Mm -hmm. to last year. But there's always something, there's always that like, I feel like the love where people walk into a store and it's like on a shelf and they can look at it and you know, they can feel it and you know, and and each thing has its purpose. So like Instagram or social media, as far as like marketing it and, and putting it out there, you know, in the world, but you know, there's, it's, it's never going to be what it's like to walk into a bookstore. Right. And I think now, especially in COVID when, when somebody can like say with your store, somebody could order a magazine and get it shipped to them at home. Like everybody loves to get mail, right. Still (laughs) this day and time, there's something exciting about like going out and like, Oh, and opening something new. Right. Yeah. in that experience. So, and I, I feel like as far as plastic home, I think we'll get there. Like we're, we're brand new. I mean, we, we've only been around for less than a year now. And I, I you know, I feel like we definitely haven't reached the potential of, of the market of folks that would, you know, appreciate the publication. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about how it's come together over time, because uh, so in the first issue, uh, and you mentioned Thomas just now, I think that's Thomas uh, Shostock or Scottstock. Yeah. Um, so you, so in the first issue, you mentioned uh, that he has agreed to be uh, the first guest graphic designer um, and, you know, really excited about that. And then in the second issue, Thomas is still there and he's kind of, you know, he's like part of the furniture now. So how, like, how did that whole relationship kind of come together? So that... That's like, it's, it's pure luck, I would say. Like, we, I, I can't say how much, I, how thankful I am to actually meet him, which I've never met him. Like, you know, I keep saying that, like, we've never had a video chat. Like, I, we've only communicated through text and, and email, but. Wait, you, you've never, you've never even had a video chat with him? No, we have not. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, all right. Yeah, it kind of keeps that like that mysterious, you know, yeah. aura about it. But yeah, but I, I, I feel like even though we have not met, we we're, we kind of work well together, like really well. So we're so I I mean I've only known Thomas like right before issue one. So like I kind of reached out to him in early twenty twenty 
hesitant about it, not really kind of knowing. He's like, sure, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll play your game. Hmm. And then, you know, we, we published the first issue and we're like, wow, you know, this, this really is something. It, it came out like way of, above our expectations. And so the thing with me and Thomas is that we're, we work so well together. Like we just, you know, when, we, when we're curating artists or like, oh, I have this idea that I want to do a, a dusty Lego, you know, instructional poster. And he's like, yeah, sounds good. And then like five hours later, he's like, how's this, you know? <laughs> and then like, so when it comes to like working together uh, as a team, like it's pretty fluid and, and we're quick to say yay or nay or how about this and I, again I'm just so grateful because it's like kind of this natural work environment and he, I feel like he's just so natural at doing editorial design mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he has that freedom which you know I'm like hey go do your thing and he like totally appreciates it you know so again I couldn't found you know a better colleague to work with and, and so are you are you essentially splitting the magazine up between you and saying like you do that page i'll do this page or are you actually you know collaborating on on each and every one yeah so we're we're gonna what the you know what we really want to do is bring in other designers too so uh, this second issue we had Maximatic, he, he kind of he did a couple of layouts for us. So the ideal is each issue will bring in some some guest designers and ask them if they want to do you know some editorial designs for an artist or two. So, but when it comes to Thomas, like I make sure like he has the top pick. He's like, oh, I want to do these artists. So I'm like, yeah, you got it, man. You know, because I you know, I want to definitely keep him around. But <laughs> but the the overall concept is, yeah, well, we're going to bring in a couple of, you know, designers here and there and mm-hmm. let them collaborate. And, and I feel like the whole magazine itself is open to that. And it's great, you know, mm-hmm. give other folks a chance. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, because, I mean, the again, it feels like part of the kind of mission for the magazine is highlighting artists who might not otherwise be getting a lot of attention. I mean, the, how, how do you actually go about picking who those artists are going to be, who you, who you bring in? Yeah. So sometimes it's like, you know, we, we have our favorites, right? So we're like, Oh, I've always kind of like followed this one person and always kind of liked what they did. So, you know, there, there's always that hit or miss, right? So there, there's been plenty of artists that I reached out to that have not gotten back to me or, you know, have said no, but, for the most part, like, I feel like people are open to it. And again, cause we're just so new. So people are like, who are, who are these people? You know, but I, I feel like as far as picking artists, you know, we're kind of good at like, you know, having what we personally like as far as we're like, okay, this will kind of work well together. But even though there's like a range of like lower, you know, like artists that kind of don't have much of a following to artists that are have hundreds of thousands of followers right mm-hmm. so we kind of want to get that fine range of you know 
artists that aren't that known to artists that are known, you know. We had Ed Fell in our last issue. It's pretty amazing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got to talk to him on the phone for like an hour. It was kind of, it was, it was a great conversation. But, it, it, but as far as the artists, like we're, we're trying to also kind of be more diverse, right? And then we're not kind of just like, oh, we only have this one specific type of artist for each issue. We kind of want to, be mindful about it, right? And then you'd be like, oh, okay, like, I like this person, they're doing this, or that, that person's doing that. But in the meantime, we're not just, like, going for one thing, right? We sure. want to be more kind of open. And, yeah. it, and it goes back to that, like, collaborative mindset, right? And now that, you know, each time we're more open to, like, inviting other designers, artists, and eventually when that word gets out, out there and you know like i feel like we're we're gonna have definitely like a big group of folks that would want to be involved in the project it, it's very exciting like and, and again we're, we're just so new and, and i really appreciate folks like you and others giving us a chance like jeremy and mad culture and you know those folks that are like yeah you know we, we see we appreciate what, what you're doing and we want to give you a chance so sure. it's definitely greatly appreciated so um, you funded the first one uh, via In Perpetuum. So uh, that's run by a, an organization over here called um, People of Prints. And I, I think that you might have been their first project or certainly one of the very early projects. And there, it's kind of like a sort of Kickstarter for like independent publishing, I think. That, what, what led you to, to do it that way? Well, so the, the first issue was totally self-funded. And, you know, I, I had quite a time and money invested in, in the first issue. And I, I feel like, you know, it definitely, it's not a monetary thing. It's more of like, you know, getting the, the name out there to, and having that audience that are very appreciative. And I think a lot of folks are like starving for something like this, right? As far as the art and design aspect, but I... I was actually filling orders out of my house and shipping them. And it was pretty labor intensive for the first one. And I was like, Hey, you know, I kind of like haphazardly came across uh, in perpetual and kind of looked at their website and I was like, Hey, I want to give this a chance, like, and submit my, my project for the second one. And, and they're very responsive and came back and said, Hey, we'd love to work with you. And, we're actually their second project. Their first one was like, did super well. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I was kind of following that and I was like, oh, okay, it, it seems like if we kind of went through this format of this, the crowdfunding through in, in Perpetuum and, and people at print that it, it, I think the second one would do well and, and definitely help us get, get our name out there even more, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and, and it, it, it turned out pretty well. We, we met our goal and, you know, folks that are, are just starting to receive their their pre-orders. And, and now, you know, I, and I totally was like, yeah, you know, once somebody gets their magazine and then they're like posting it and they're excited about it and we're reposting and, you know, folks will start getting interested and be like, hey, what's that? Where can I buy it? You know, <laughs> so now like stepping back and kind of looking at like that process and, you know, working with a publisher in the UK and it, it's like, what, what do we do for the third one? Right. And we're kind of like 
thinking about how we're going to go about doing that. Do we, do we go through the same processes we did for the second one or, and surprisingly, like, so I'm based out of the U S and we are not in one store in the U S hmm. so we're, we're like UK, EU, or, you know, so, but as far as the U S I still have, can't break that market and, and it's very interesting, but I was hoping maybe for the third one, perhaps we would have somebody, you know, in, in, the, in America that would be interested in this publication. But, yeah. but as far as the second one and, and doing and working with those folks that people are printed and they've been great and uh, I couldn't be more grateful. It, it was a little more smooth operation than the first, obviously, because I was kind of like, I've never made a magazine or like had to like fill orders and ship them. And so it was definitely a learning process, but for the second one, I, I was very grateful because it was a lot smoother. Yeah. But we'll yeah. see about the third, right? And, and how we, we go about that one. Because that, that's part of the offering from In Perpetuum, isn't it? So they're, as well as helping with the uh, crowdfunding, they also then help with like the printing and the fulfillment and, and right. everything afterwards. Yes, yeah. And then, yeah. And it definitely was kind of a lot easier than, you know, going back to the first and dealing with all the logistics of that. But yeah, so they, they you know, did all that, you know, filled the order, shipped them out internationally and made things a lot easier and smoother. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's a, again, going back to your editor's lecture in that first issue, there's a little detail that I loved where so apparently you'd come up with the name um, Plastic Comb like quite a long time ago. And so you created the email address plasticcomb at gmail.com and then just started using it. So then it was almost sort of like a way of making yourself do something that I think that's just such a, a, a lovely way to approach a project like this. You're exactly right. And that, that was the reason I kind of made that is like to keep me on track, right? Keep me accountable. And I'm like... I have to eventually down the road do this project because I feel like it, it would be something that people would appreciate and it would, that would excite them, right? And a fair point, man, like every time I kind of like eventually see it or people would ask me like, what's your email address, right? And then that would have to be like plastic with a K, right? And they're like, what is that? You know, and then, then I kind of get into this story like, well, one time I had this idea, I wanted to make a magazine. But, you know, I'd like so many times I have to say that and eventually I'm like, yeah, I'm holding myself accountable, right? Yeah. So yeah. To, to finally like do it and get in there and be like, okay, no, no regrets, kind of like see what happens, right? And yeah, yeah. No, I love it. The, like the, 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 the best way to actually make yourself do something is tell people you're going to do it. And then the next time you see them, they're like, oh yeah, how's that magazine coming on? And <laughs> you got to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So this is clearly a, a very personal project uh, for you. It's, it's you making something, um, I guess, that you can play with and, and that matters to you. I was really struck by the fact that it's mainly like sort of interviews with artists and, and profiles of artists, but then also some really odd stuff scattered in. So the in issue two, um, so you have this kind of like mascot called Dusty, and in issue two, you have like this kind of fake album review, which explains where Dusty came from, but it's obviously not really an album. Like the, like the album artwork has got like 
the Wombles, which is like a kids' TV program over here from when I was little. I was I, I was flicking to the page, going like, "What? What are the Wombles doing in there?" I mean, it is it did. did Oh, you didn't. You didn't know. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. So that's the Wombles. So the. So I mean, do you and Thomas ever get to the point where you're like, okay, so I've got this idea. We're gonna do like a fake album review, and like the other one goes, no, come on, that's like that's that's taking this too far. So yeah. So funny that you mentioned that. That's that little article I did. So I actually found that picture of the. They're called the Wombles. <laughs> yes, the Wombles. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. Yes, I, I randomly found that photo, and like that was the first thing that, like, right when I first met or kind of you know met Thomas, like I found that picture of them, right? And I, I wrote on the back, I wrote Dusty Scrumbit and the Rusty Horn Trio plus one, and I just randomly mailed that to him, right? And so he had this photo like randomly just show up, and he's like, "What is this?" <laughs> right? So. I thought it'd be cool because when it, when it came to Dusty, like he, Thomas always wanted to make a mascot, like because mm-hmm. so his side gig is like he's a, he's actually a graphic designer, he's like freelance, but he's never got to make a mascot for somebody, and he was so excited, he's like, hey, can I make a mascot for the magazine? I was like, sure, man, you know, and he came up with this concept of Dusty, but at the time we didn't have a name for him, so. He was like, you know, what should we call this guy, our little mascot? And I was like, oh, let's call him Dusty Scrumpet, like based off of that photo. So then, so then I had this idea of like, oh, we can make a backstory of how Dusty got his name. <laughs> so then I made this fake album and wrote up an article about his, how, you know, the background of how he got his name. So I, I, I feel like when you ask, is there a point where like, that's too much? I don't think we've gotten there yet, but maybe we will eventually. But it's fun because it allows me and him to kind of like do those little projects where like, oh, I have this idea of, hey, let's start taking pictures of food that we, that we're gonna eat and we'll call it punk food and have uh, this collaborative project where we take photos of random foods that we consume, right? So the, the second issue has a couple of those photos in there, right? Yeah, yeah. But stuff like that it just kind of like, you know, adds a little bit more to the magazine, makes it a little more fun. And yeah. so we're not too serious about ourselves, right? Totally. So totally. That, that's another thing I like to do. And it and it's like gives me an outlet to do creative writing or work with photography and doing other outlets that excite us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I, I love issues one and two so far, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing what you end up doing with issue three. So uh, thanks so much for, for talking, and uh, good luck with that. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, man. Okay, that's all for this week. Thanks again to Aaron for speaking with me and I hope his obvious enthusiasm has helped to make you curious about this really unusual new magazine. Like I said at the start, you can buy copies of issue two from the Stack shop. Just go to stackmagazines.com forward slash shop and search for it there. And it goes without saying that as and when issue three comes out, we'll also be adding that too. 
We've got just one more week of the podcast left now before I go off on holiday. So if you don't already, please do follow us wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be able to deliver that next episode to you as soon as it's ready. And then we'll be back again in September with lots more conversations with independent magazine makers. Um, But for now, thank you very much for listening to this one. And we'll be back with that final episode next week.